Welcome to another recorded sermon provided by the Laurel Heights Church of Christ, McAllen, Texas. I'm Warren Berkeley. Our promise is preaching and teaching from the text of Scripture. And this time, please have your Bible ready in Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. About the book of Hebrews, after reading through the book, I believe the theme is clear. There were people of Jewish background who became Christians. They were subjected to persecution from those who remained in the Jewish religion, and in all persecution there is temptation to back away from commitment, to ease the pressure of your enemies through compromise or going private, or just drifting away from faith in Christ. The writer of this letter is determined to provide the teaching and warning from God necessary designed to prevent any compromise or any drifting. Hebrews 6, 13-20 For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. For people swear by something greater than themselves, and in all their disputes an oath is final for confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain, where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The reference to Abraham would immediately capture the attention of Jewish people. And once their attention is captured, the writer makes a very simple point. God promised something good to Abraham and his descendants and he swore by himself. Abraham waited and obtained the promise. Nowhere in the Old Testament is there any account of God failing. God does what he says. And I want us to see how simply that is expressed in Hebrews 6 and verse 18. That statement, it is impossible for God to lie. Now, don't stop. Look back at the verse to see what this truth about God does for us. It says that we might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. In the New International Version, greatly encouraged. In the King James, strong consolation. Then, stay with the verse 
This is about holding fast to the hope set before us. There's our subject. Knowing God cannot lie, we are encouraged to hold fast to the hope set before us, the hope of going to heaven. Everything God has said about that, we can count on. Our hope is built on nothing less. Now we are at verse 19, where it says, We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor. I want to talk about this anchor, and I want to do that through this question. What do anchors do? Number one, the anchor prevents drifting. When I was a boy, one of my favorite outdoor activities was fishing. I was trained by my dad. I went fishing with my friends out on the lake, and when we found a good place, we would drop the anchor beneath the boat. If we forgot to do that before noticing, we would be somewhere else on the lake. The well-set anchor prevented drifting. Christians don't just drift away without cause. Drifting always has a cause. And the cause implied in this passage is one did not set anchor, did not hold fast to a well-set anchor. Only when the anchor is not firmly set is there drifting. When faith and the hope it produces is allowed to become inactive or diminish. When the promises of God are not secure in your mind, there is drifting away. Look with me back earlier in Hebrews in chapter 2. I mentioned in the introduction the recipients of this letter were persecuted and tempted. The devil uses that pressure to tempt us to gradually drift away. And if we have not set anchor, if we're not holding fast to the hope, it is likely there will be that drifting. Hebrews 2, 1 through 4. Therefore we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For since the message declared by angels proved to be reliable, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. This drifting this drifting is not getting up on Tuesday morning and making the sudden decision that you're going to leave the Lord for good. Drifting is the slow, almost indiscernible, gradual movement away from serving God. It removes you from God through the little steps you take, the absence of zeal and growth, the neglect, not paying close attention. But if you are anchored, if you're holding fast to a well-set anchor, which is the hope of the gospel, that prevents this deadly drifting. 
when I talk to people who have drifted away, they can't give you a date on a calendar. It was slow decline. People may actually say, I don't know exactly when or how this happened or how it started. I just gradually fell away from God. It's a slow decline. But I've never had anyone say, I was active in my faith and growth, and I held firmly to the hope of the gospel, and I attended every service, and I read my Bible. My mind wasn't invaded by error or temptation, and I just got up one day and quit. No. When you respond to God as He has directed faithfully with daily commitment and praying and participating and holding to the anchor, drifting doesn't happen. The anchor prevents drifting. Hold to that anchor, which is the hope of the gospel. Number two, the anchor prepares you for the storms. When certain kinds of storms and wind events occur in port or out at sea, knowing how to use man-made anchors can be valuable knowledge to prepare for storms. I do want to put a fine point on this. In the Bible, when illustrations or figurative language is used, physical objects are never exactly the same as their spiritual counterpart. Here I want to say, anchors made by men can be weak and flawed or insufficient instruments of safety while God's anchor of hope is perfect, perfectly made, perfectly suited to protect us from storms. Whatever might be said about the nature of earthly storms and the weakness of common man-made ropes and anchors, Christians have an anchor sure and steadfast that prevents drifting and that prepares us against the prospect of storms. Let's take up a part of that. I'm going to go over to Matthew chapter 7. Why do we refer so often to this teaching from Christ in Matthew chapter 7? It's part of the Sermon on the Mount. And I think we refer to this because it is so simple and everybody can relate to it. I want us to listen to Jesus. In Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Matthew 7, 24 to 27. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall because it was founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. I suppose every time I've preached from this text, I've said to the audience, Jesus doesn't promise there will be no storms. Instead, he tells us how to fortify ourselves to weather the storms in life that occur. And about that, he says, hear and do the will of God. 
That's the rock we hold to when the winds and waves beat against us. Now connect the dots. As we hear and do the will of God, we have hope. Hope that holds us steady when the storms hit. See, the anchor not only keeps us from drifting, it keeps us safe and steady, and we are able to survive the storms. So many things can disturb your peace while you're here on earth and distract you. Unexpected illness, long-term health issues, broken marriages and families, unexpected financial loss, grief over loved ones, well-founded dreams that just don't come true. On and on, I could list all the possible sources of loss and grief, anxiety and regret. I've known several families, and you have too, seriously hit by the COVID crisis. Never think God has left you alone unless you've walked away from Him. If I remain faithful to Him, I'm anchored. I know when the storms hit, if I will continue to hear and do the will of God, even when it really gets hard with the hope that responds to God that imparts strength to me, He will see me through to clearer, better times. It is a hope, sure and steadfast. Number three, The anchor gives you a future. Why have an anchor in your life? To prevent drifting, to prepare you from storms. Why? To reach your destination safely. Because the anchor used properly ensures your future journey. Good equipment and safety measures in a journey get you to your destination. I want you to look with me in 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. And I remind you that Peter is writing to Christians who were persecuted under similar pressure as the recipients of the Hebrew letter. And like our passage in Hebrews 6, there is this emphasis on hope. Listen now, 1 Peter 1, 3 to 9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, 
obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You heard, as the passage was read, these Christians were being tested and grieved by various trials. Peter wants them to understand if they remain steadfast and faithful to the Lord, they have this amazing future existence that is assured to the faithful. Listen to this again in verses 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. This is hope, the hope of heaven that anchors us while we're here on earth so that we have this beautiful future with God eternally in a place that is undefiled, reserved in heaven for you. Hope is the anchor that keeps us from drifting, that gets us through the storms, so that we have a future with God. Here it is called a living hope. Finally, this true story. There was this young man who worked at Niagara Falls Park as a guide. It was a slow day, so he tied his boat up above the fall. It was calm. He took his lunch in the boat, then fell asleep. The wind and current picked up, but he was asleep. The rope came loose, and his boat began to drift while he was sound asleep. People on shore could see, and they shouted loudly to awaken him. He was drifting, then moving rapidly toward the fall, asleep in the moving boat. The news reported the next day. The poor man was aroused from his sleep only amidst the thundering roar of the waterfall over which he plunged to his death. It was too late. It is not too late for anyone listening to anchor your life in the hope of the gospel of Christ. If you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and will confess that belief, the Bible says, repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins, then arise from baptism to walk in newness of life. Check about your anchor, folks. Get in touch with us if we can help. Thank you for listening.